Welcome to the Enchanted Ears Podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. And on today's episode, we're going to be power ranking our top Disney heroes. But before we get into that, I want to cover some Disney news for the week. The big news, kind of out of nowhere, is that Joe Rohde, <laughs> uh, legendary Imagineer who retired, I don't know, like a month ago. I mean, it seems like it just happened. Yeah, it was a couple months ago. Already has a new gig. And he is going to be the experienced architect for Virgin Galactic's space adventures. Uh, now, space <laughs> adventures is my term, but Vir- <laughs> Virgin Galactic is Richard Branson's uh, space company that's going to be sending people to space doing commercial space flights, and they hired Joe Rohde as the experienced architect. So now he uh, is- By the way, love the job title, experienced architect. Yeah, he's going to be imagineering space now. So now you know, like, they're going to have the best just version of this. Like, there's a lot of companies like like Jeff Bezos. I think his space company is, is going to be doing commercial flight as well. But none of them are going to have Joe Rohde. I mean, I don't know if Joe Rohde worked on Mission Space at Epcot. I don't know if he did or not. But now he's actually working on real space. I mean, like, it's just... It's insane to think about. He's covered Animal Kingdom. He's done all this stuff. He's like, what can I do now in my career? I can just go to space for real. Like, this is just absolutely out of control that he's doing this. It's amazing. This is a great move. And I also love the fact that, again, you know, the more that, the longer that I live, I learn that in many cultures, they don't really have a term for retirement. And a lot of people, in fact, don't really retire. So I love the fact that he's able to retire from Disney and then find a new gig that is interesting to him and... I mean, it could end up being really meaningful work. So I think it's it's really cool. And I think that I wish him the best of luck. Yeah. And I do kind of wonder if he had this kind of lined up or I think to your point, he probably really wasn't ready to retire. And now like this is just kind of pure speculation on my part. But he does seem like a guy who is not going to just be like, okay, I'm done creating and I'm just done doing stuff now. And so, you know, I, I wonder if at Disney with, new management, the focus on streaming. Like he kind of felt like there's nothing left for me to do to imagine here. There's doing a lot of layoffs. Maybe it's time for me to go. Let some other people have a chance, but I'm not done yet to your point. Like I have more I can do. Well, the money train's not backing up right now either. So I'm sure that they would probably say, Hey Joe, that's a great idea, but that's going to require a whole lot of money that we don't have right now. So yeah, right. There's not a lot going on into Imagineering. It's probably like for somebody who's had as long and incredible career as he has, he probably looked at it and goes, there's not going to be much I can do here in the next five years. Let me take my talents elsewhere. And again, we're better take them, but space. I mean, this is incredible. So yeah, I think it'll be, it'll be cool to see what he does. All right. The next thing is that uh, Disney California adventure is going to be reopening sort of, so they're going to be having a ticketed event. So they've been open. They've had some of the shops open a little bit as part of the downtown Disney that is now closing. And then effective March 18th, it's going to be in eight hours. It's going to be from noon to eight and it's $75. It's actually a, a decent deal because it includes parking. You get a $25 gift card for food. Oh. Plus, you get unlimited photo pass photos from your time there. I think they are going to have some characters out and about. So it's kind of like a mini opening. It's a, it's like a soft opening of the park. Right. Like I don't think there's going to be 
like all the attractions aren't open. Maybe yeah. some of the stuff is, but like a few of the restaurants will be open. Some of the shops will be open. So it sounds like it's going to be a little bit more expanded than what they're currently doing. But again, not the full theme park. So again, not too bad. If you take the food, it's like 50 bucks. You get the photo pass, you get parking. But I, it's it's a step in the right direction. And I think it's Disney's kind of way of almost maybe like a loophole in. They can't officially open the theme park. So it's not it's not really open. It's kind of like a, a restaurant thing so they can limit how many people are in there. But again, I think it's interesting. I think it's a step in the right direction and tickets will go on sale March 4th. If anybody's interested who lives out there in California. All right. And the last piece of Disney news for this week is Disney plus actually has just updated some of their release dates for several of their shows. Yeah. We got a lot of information on the new shows coming up. So we knew Falcon and winter soldier. were going to, was going to be premiering March 19th. The mighty ducks game changers comes out March 26th. The John Stamos basketball, a high school basketball show, Big Shot, that comes out April 16th. Star Wars, the new animated show, The Bad Batch, what day do you think that would come out? May 4th, yep. of course. Yeah. May, May the 4th. Sorry, I, I didn't give you a chance. I asked you. Yeah, you did. Kind you, of rhetorically, and then I, I didn't even give you a chance yeah, to answer. Yeah, thanks a lot. I mean, that was an easy win for me today, and you just ripped it out from underneath me. So. I'm sorry. And then High School Musical, the musical season two, comes out on May 14th. Loki comes out June 11th. I'm really excited to see that one. I think that that will be good. I think there'll be a little bit of a gap between Falcon and Winter Soldier uh, and Loki, so that that's good. Monsters at Work is coming out July 2nd. The Turner and Hooch reboot spinoff, I'm not exactly sure what that is, is <laughs> July 16th. And then, Angela, I know you're excited about this one, Chippendale Park Life with Andy Samberg and John Mulaney as Chippendale is coming out July 23rd. Very excited. Um, Chippendale are the best, and I'm very excited to see those two men uh, portray them. So, yeah, I can't wait. So, yeah, a lot of stuff coming out in the next couple months, and I think that's still only a, a small portion of what Disney has planned for Disney Plus this year. So, you know, it, Disney Plus has been around a little over a year now, and you're starting to see, I think, everything that they've kind of put into production, they're finally ramping up their release schedule. The first year, there wasn't a lot of like new shows coming out. But right. this year, there's there's a lot of new stuff. It's kind of like Netflix, like how Netflix has a new movie every week <laughs> coming out for this year. Disney's getting to that point that as they ramp up their production schedule, there's just going to be more and more shows and just more and more content coming out day after day, year after year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I always like getting those emails from Netflix. We've added a new show you might like. So hopefully, um, yeah, those are going to be coming from Disney pretty soon. Exactly. All right. So we're going to be power ranking our top five heroes here. And mine are kind of in order, but I think... Mine are in order. Yeah, I think mine could kind of switch around a little bit. So all right. So let's go with your, your fifth hero here. Okay, so I actually have kind of team um for this one so my fifth hero is ian and barley from onward okay so you know i wanted to kind of ramp up to people who like did some really big things ian and barley didn't do anything big but yet they are teenage elves i wanted to say mutant ninja turtle <laughs> i knew that was wrong but in my mind it's like teenage as soon as you hear teenage you know mutant ninja turtles yeah yeah they're teenage elves and they're trying to fight through this horrible and very relatable grief that they have with their father and losing their father i think it's really you know this is the thing that i think to me makes them such a great hero because i think everybody can relate to that or at least if you can't relate to it now eventually unfortunately you will so you know they didn't really set out in reality to do anything monumental 
Um, they were just kind of trying to help themselves have another day with their father. But what, what they end up kind of doing has major consequences for the world they live in at large. They go through the whole story trying to actually find the other Phoenix Stone and so that they can get the rest of their father, not just the lake, so they can spend one final day with him. And then in the process of that, they actually end up relearning how to do magic, which has been lost to their world. And at the end, they completely change the way that everybody lives in their town. And I think that that part, that cult, it's like kind of an, a cultural element that they've brought back has really made everybody's lives fuller. You know, even the like the stepdad character can run places and he doesn't have to take his car because he's a he's like a centaur, I think. So, yeah, I, I think that, you know, in their own rights, they are some pretty they're pretty big heroes. What about your number five? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think, you know, most of the ones on the list and I think it's probably no surprise are more recent movies right. because as I was thinking through this, I was kind of getting my <laughs> list down. And I'm like, wow, a lot of these are, are all really recent, but it's because the characters aren't one dimensional. I feel like, you know, in the early Disney movies, even like the nineties, a lot of the main characters were, were very one dimensional and they really didn't have a lot going on, but now it's a lot more like layered and nuanced. And they're actually, to your point, Ian and Barley, like they didn't set out to be heroes, but they're going through a very relatable and kind of valuable lesson. And I feel like the more recent Disney movies kind of put that in there. I mean, like look at inside out, for instance. I mean, like that's just a very relatable, like human emotion. And so it's just much more impactful because of like those lessons. And I feel like those are the best heroes. The ones you can kind of look up to and learn something from, not just these like one dimensional people like Aladdin, for instance, who's just like, he's kind of a hero, but like, he really is not doing anything that great. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, he learns a little bit, but not that much, you know? Well, now you've almost convinced me that I ranked them too low because you're right. The amount that you can actually in the real world take from them is probably far greater than almost anybody on my list because yeah, those other people might be heroes to their own worlds, but Ian and Barley are heroes in real life because that is a movie that could be shown to a kid who is, a, who is, going through a loss and a grief and kind of teach them how to deal with it. Wow. You blew my mind. Just agreed. There. Agreed. All right. So also, just one final thing. A lot of the characters, I agree with you, they might be a little one dimensional, but also a lot of them are going on their own journey. Like Rapunzel, if you think about Rapunzel, for example, her whole thing is just, it's self-discovery. She's trying to figure out who she is. And so not that, you know, I don't want to say it's self-centered, but it's more of a self-driven adventure as a, as opposed to something that has greater impact that's a all good point so my number five is woody and so i went with with woody because i think he has and kind of going to my point of teaching a lesson i think he has a really strong arc throughout all of the movies so i think it helps the fact that there are four toy story movies because i think if you just looked at say like toy story one He's, he's probably not going to make this list. But if you look at him from where he starts of kind of this selfish, self-centered toy who thinks he's kind of in charge of everything and he's protective of Andy and he's worried about Buzz coming in and kind of getting replaced as like the popular toy to the end of Toy Story 4 where he... Spoiler alert. Yeah, where, <laughs> where he accepts the fact that He's kind of the old toy. Bonnie doesn't care for him anymore. Bonnie has replaced him, and he goes out of his way to get Forky 
because he knows that that's what Bonnie needs right now and that he actually realizes the toys don't need him and Bonnie doesn't need him anymore and he actually needs to be out helping other toys and helping other children and he actually leaves that comfort and his life behind that at the in the first movie he wanted to fight to keep that and that's the only life he could see that he kind of grew and realized that there's so much more and if you look at that kind of four movie arc it is kind of this allegory for growing up and how you have mm-hmm. to mature and how you have to learn. And so I think that's a, a really great lesson. And I think he has a really great arc. And I think as a hero, you need to have a really strong arc like that. And you know, a lot of heroes don't get that because there's only one movie, but I think it helps that he has those four movies. So when I was thinking about it, I'm thinking, you know, Woody's a really good mo- role model, I think, to have in that regard. You know, when you said Woody, I was kind of like, Woody, are you serious? But now that you you mention it, he does go on this very human journey of, you know, selfishness and self-importance when you're younger. You want everything to be about you. And then as you start to grow older, you start to realize that, you know, everyone's not looking at you anymore. And you have to kind of figure out where your what your role is in life. And then Woody eventually gets to the point where he's like, you know, he realizes that he needs to be more selfless and that's where he can find his importance. So yeah, that's a really good pick. I like that. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. So my number four pick is again, and this is my last one, but another pair of characters. So my pair is Judy Hopps and Nick Wilde in much in the same way that Ian and Barley don't have, um, you know, like a, they don't save um, anyone per se. That's kind of the same thing that's going on with, you know, Judy Hopps and Nick Wilde. They don't save all of humanity or all animals, or do they? So uh, her willingness to not accept, you know, Judy Hopps' willingness to not accept the praise that she gets for finding the missing but savage predators, and then Nick Wilde and how he kind of pushes her to overcome her, I mean, let's just call it what it is, her racism, because she's racist against the, pl- the predators um, and she makes a comment and it makes her think further about her job her position and then she kind of can get some distance by going back to where she's from and realizing actually what is causing you know these predators to react the way that they're reacting so they kind of they battle this implicit racism and it has this this story has this very strong theme throughout it where it's like you know you might have a perception that somebody is a certain way and it's not it's not that's not the case so you need to kind of you need to work on that and change it and Judy and Nick show that growth throughout and they end up bringing Zootopia back into balance so everyone can live in harmony again instead of um, pointing fingers and blaming people for things so I think that they do, you know, an excellent job. And again, that's another lesson that our, our world needs today. So that's why I picked them. Good pick. Yeah, again, I, th- I think, again, these more recent movies uh, are going to show up on the list a lot more frequently. All right, so my next one on the list is Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> you might be getting like, wait, what? I thought he's the villain of that movie. Only if, what only movie? if you look at it that way. <laughs> only if you look at it that way. He's in a gajillion of them. All right, so which version of him? So I'm saying I'm saying Palpatine is the hero. Is a, he's he's a great hero, and actually Screen Rant has an article of ten reasons why Palpatine is the good guy in the Star Wars saga, and I have to agree with a lot of these points. So if you look <laughs> at what he did, all he wanted to do was bring order and structure to the galaxy. Okay, he came in at a time where there was trade wars and 
the Jedi was this like quasi organization that had like no oversight and they could just do whatever they wanted. And he wanted to bring prosperity and unite the galaxy. And he did that under the empire. And, you know, if you look at what happened after the Jedi destroyed the Death Star, which let's talk about that. I mean, how many millions of people has Luke Skywalker killed by blowing up all those Death Stars? Now, I will say, I'm looking past the whole blowing up Alderaan with the Death Star because because conveniently, I need to pretend like that didn't happen to make my case here. But you look at the Death Star. I mean, that had to have boost the galactic economy, all the jobs it created, building the Death Star, buying all those materials. It had to boost prosperity. But if you look at after the Empire fell, look at the Mandalorian. Do those people look really happy that the Empire <laughs> fell? They don't. They, they're not really loving the Jedi right now. So I'm, I'm saying Palpatine, you know what? If you look past all of the bad stuff he did and like all of like, you know, being a Sith Lord and like being on the dark side and like shooting people with like lightning bolts, all of that sort of stuff. I'm just saying, if you look at it differently, Palpatine might not be so bad. So that is my tongue in cheek pick for number four there. But seriously, go go check out the Screen Rant article, 10 Reasons Palpatine Was the Good Guy in Star Wars, because it's, it's kind of interesting to see, like, you can kind of look at it either way, that some of the stuff he did actually wasn't that bad. A it's, lot of it was, but some of it wasn't. It is definitely a disturbing pick, um, I would say. I don't agree with you, but I do know that there is uh, there's a kind of a wide range of people out there. I think Matt Pat has also done articles about how the Rebels are the bad guys in the movie and everything. Yeah, I mean, the Jedi are just blowing up Death Stars. Those are just innocent people working on the Death Star that yeah. they're blowing up. That's all I'm saying. I There's definitely fault on both ends. Let's put it that way. But I don't know that I can yeah, that's the, you that, know, that's condone the, interesting the actions thing. of Palpatine yeah. either. That's so. the interesting thing about Star Wars is that, yeah, the Empire fell and they made it seem like it was really great. And then you see the Mandalorian and then you see the sequel trilogy and it's like, things didn't get that much better. Like, they're still, they still got problems. So maybe it all wasn't that bad. <laughs> all right i just want to throw a curveball in there that's all uh, yeah you know i i, I see palpatine that. is definitely I, the bad guy <laughs> i i see that i see that interesting pick uh my number three choice is i assume probably made your list too uh my number three choice is tony stark that's my number three choice as well Ooh. so we will just share number three whoa we didn't do this on purpose yes tony stark is definitely one of the top heroes out there yeah so i don't have a whole lot to say so i'll just say what i have to say and then you can move on to yours so Tony Stark, you know, at the very end, knew what was going to happen to him when he uh, took all of those Infinity Stones in order to defeat Thanos. And he gave up his family, which you can make the argument that, you know, it wasn't really the best dad move and husband move there. Um, but at the same time, he knew that it was kind of for the greater good. So his sacrifice was needed there. Yeah, agreed. And I think Tony Stark is another one that benefits from having multiple movies because you yes. get to see that arc. And again, it's he kind was a of, jerk. Yeah, he it was this again, the self centered guy who just cared about not really that much, just kind of cared about himself. And he slowly transformed to almost being obsessed with ways to protect the world. I mean, Iron Man three, two and three, I mean, really kind of showed that impact from the Avengers and, and the impacts of the first Avengers movie of how 
you know, he wanted to build a suit of armor around the world. Now that created Alteron, which, mm-hmm. w- which wasn't great, but like he had constantly been focused on that of we need to protect the world. I mean, he basically funded the Avengers for like all of those movies. I mean, he used his wealth to build them the suits and the technology and everything yeah. like that. Like he was essentially the Avengers and, and yes, I mean, and he's the reason we have WandaVision now. <laughs> Right, yeah, because with with vision, and then yeah, to your point, I mean, in Endgame, you know, ultimately leading up to that sacrifice, again, it it became his life mission to protect the universe and save the universe, uh, you know, and he ultimately did in defeating Thanos. So again, I think he is one of the top heroes, and I think if you look at the MCU, I think a lot of people, a lot of people probably say Captain America is up there, but I mean, I really think. Tony Stark, Captain America are kind of one, two. And I think you see that with the fans. I mean, those two are kind of the most recognizable and the most you know notable people. And I think that's why they were so you know predominantly played, especially kind of their send-offs and Endgame. I'm not saying people don't love the other characters, but there is something special about both of them because they both sacrificed. I mean, Cap sacrificed 90 years of his life and everybody he loved by protecting the world and you know it's kind of this you know fish out of water type story and then to your point tony kind of sacrificed his life to protect his family and protect to protect the world and so yeah i I think both of those uh are are really good heroes my next one on the list is actually moana hey that's my number two okay all right so we're (laughs) we're matching up here so i swear we did not consult on this at all so i i have moana and again it's these recent movies and i think it is because her story is a really good lesson for children. So yes. again, she shows you know real leadership by doing things herself and not making others do it for her. Just kind of to play into what you're saying, she has to actually come over, overcome some gender issues as well because a lot of times women are brought up to and taught to ignore that inner voice that tells them to not do things that are unconventional and to not go off on their own and to not trust themselves. So I agree with you that she has what she does takes incredible bravery. And, you know, she's been told by her father not to do stuff and not to go out on the ocean, but she feels compelled and drawn to it. And she does it anyway, even though she has him telling her not to and basically everyone else telling her not to. Exactly. And that and that is one of the other reasons. And I think this is a really good lesson for children and like to your point i mean probably especially young girls is that she kind of leans into her fear like she doesn't know what's out Mm. there her people have never left the island everybody tells her like you said her dad tells her don't go out there she even tries to go out once and kind of gets brought back in you know kind of almost dies at that initial attempt and she has no idea if she's going to be successful she has no idea if maui's real what's going to happen out there but she doesn't let that fear stop her and just say i'm going to i'm going to stay here like she realizes the island's dying. She needs to do something. And she she leans into that fear and uses that to propel her on her way. And then even on her journey, I mean, she doesn't let people push her around. Maui tries to ditch her immediately. And she's like, <laughs> oh, no, like, th- no, this isn't going to happen. I'm going with you. We're a team. I'm not going to let you tell me what to do. You know, she follows him everywhere he goes and kind of keeps up everywhere. with him. Everywhere. Everywhere he goes. When he goes down to Lolatai, where and that's literally the realm of monsters, she follows him down there. She has no fear. And she goes, she just goes after it. So yeah, she goes everywhere he goes and just absolutely leans in. You're a hundred percent right to that fear. And she doesn't let anything stop her. 
And she even faces Taka, Taka at the end and approaches her when she figures out that Taka is actually Tafiti. So she even trusts her own instincts then when I, everything else in your head, I mean, I'm sure in her head, if she was a real person, would be screaming for her to get away from her, from it. And she trusts herself and eventually brings the whole world back into balance. I mean, had she not done that, it wouldn't have just stayed at her island. It would have moved to other islands and probably back to the continents. She basically saves the world. So she's definitely up there as number two or maybe even could be contender for number one. All right. And my number one hero is Black Widow. Oh, interesting. So uh, I think a lot Cap gets a lot more props than I think he deserves. I don't think he's really that compelling of a hero and you know until the very end i wasn't in on cap and then he's gone uh you know whenever he picks up that hammer and he has that fight with himself that part was awesome and it made me like him well, and then there's talk of captain america 4 there's talk that chris oh, evans is coming geez. back cool i'm in i love chris evans cool, cool. You gotta i mean love I, chris evans. I mean i love chris evans but cap is just kind of a flat meh character for me but black widow um the reason why i put her at number one is she took part in all of the times that the Avengers saved the world from total annihilation. So she was there. She got the no beginning. credit for it. Gets no credit because she doesn't have superpowers, but she's she's a ninja. I mean, she's pretty awesome. But the thing that really uh, kind of put her at the top for me is she coordinated and kept track of the heroes after the snap happened. She allowed them to reassemble to undo what Thanos did. That's a good point. She stepped up. I mean, she did. She, when everyone else kind of went off and did really their own thing. She really took over. Well, they, they went off and did their own thing on kind of her accord. But I think to your point, yeah. you know, Captain America, he was doing some kind of outreach, but it was really Natasha who was keeping the Avengers going and tracking threats on Earth and, you know, uh, throughout the galaxy with, with Captain Marvel. And I think Rocket was out there and stuff. So, yeah, you're right. I, I didn't even think of that. I mean, she really stepped up when it was needed. Right. Uh, and then and you're right. I mean, she does a lot early and doesn't get a lot of credit for it. Those it's, are all good points. I never thought of that. Yeah. And then also at the very end, of course, she's willing to give up her own life to save half of humanity. So when, you know, I, I can't remember what stone that was. The soul stone. Yeah. When when she when they were at the soul stone, it was her and Hawkeye. Now, I still argue, let Hawkeye go, but he has a family, but nobody really likes Hawkeye that much, let's be honest. But she knew that her sacrifice is a little bit better than him sacrificing himself because he'd have to go back he had a family to go back to so she threw throws herself off the cliff instead and makes the ultimate sacrifice again it just goes to show that she is fully committed to this whole thing she doesn't need the credit she doesn't need to be flashy like tony stark she is behind the scenes doing everything and then when it comes down to it, if none of that happened, Tony couldn't have done what he did. Cap couldn't have done what he did. Thor couldn't have done what he did. So I think that she is the number one hero in, in uh, all of Disney. That's a that's an interesting pick. I did not see you going in that direction, but I think that's a good pick. So my top pick, and again, I mean, mine's I think are a little bit fluid, but who I had at the top, I had Elsa mm. at the top. And so... Again, I think I see her very similar to Moana in where she's kind of out there doing what's necessary to protect her people. The same way that Moana is willing to do what's necessary herself to protect her people and not order somebody else to do it or, or make somebody else go out there into the you know unknown, <laughs> uh, you know, out there to see what's what's on the ocean. You know, Elsa's kind of the same way. Like something happened in the north and she's mm -hmm. willing to go out there herself completely 
not knowing what's going to happen. She is called to it in a certain way, but she's willing to go out there and, and do what's needed herself. I also think it, it really shows a lot of character at the end of the movie when she realizes she's maybe not what's best for Arendelle, that Anna would probably be a better queen. Anna's much more cares much more for Arendelle than Elsa does. You know, Elsa is much more called to protecting the people in the north. She realizes the North Aldra needs protected. And she realizes that she's better suited staying in the north and Anna's better suited in Arendelle. And so you don't see royalty. Like in history, royalty <laughs> doesn't just step down and be like, oh, I'm not good for this. Somebody else should do it. And so I think it's it shows a lot where she goes, yeah, Anna should be queen. She is good for Arendelle. I'm more needed in the north. I can protect you know, the, the elements and, and the, the people in the North better. And it's better for all of us to do that. And I, again, I just, I think it's a good lesson that you have to be selfless sometimes. And even if you have power, that doesn't always mean you should keep it just because you want it that, you know, sometimes you need to do what's right. Even if that means you giving something up and you doing something else that you, you know, you need to find, you need to find your passion and you need to not be afraid if that means giving, you know, giving up your comforts that you have, you right. know, to kind of chase that and do what's right. And also, I mean, talk about doing what's right. She recognizes, you know, through the midst of her journey that her ancestors actually mistreated the North Aldra and they actually are doing what's kind of making the forest mad and uh, hurting the North Aldrin people. And so they end up having to destroy that thing that one of her ancestors built. And it's kind of that reckoning of understanding that a lot of times, you know, there's people that come in and they mistreat the natives. And it's kind of like Disney's own version of like, you know, recognizing that story. And also, you know, Elsa is able to not say, hey, I don't want, I want to pretend like this doesn't exist. I want to pretend like this didn't happen. She immediately re- recognizes that, and Anna is also willing to, to recognize that her family did wrong and that they needed to do what, what they needed to do to set it right. And so, yeah, I think that, you know, this movie again, <laughs> yeah, it could be part of like a curriculum of its own for schools because it teaches these excellent lessons. Yeah. And I think just like Moana as well, she doesn't let obstacles get in her way. I mean, she's, they definitely, there's a lot thrown at her and mm. she doesn't stop. I mean, there's multiple points in the movie that either of them could have quit because it became too difficult or it seemed an impossible challenge or you know they were up against something that seemed impossible to overcome. It, kind of similar to what you were talking about with Ian and Barley. I mean, they have a lot of those challenges along the way right. too where it's like it just seems like it's easier to give up and they don't. And I think that's what makes these movies so great. And again, as I was thinking about it, why we have so many modern people on our list because – the more modern movies, especially Pixar, and I think Pixar did this well, and now that Disney owned Pixar, Disney animation yeah. is kind of following the same model. But they're it, going for that bigger picture that Pixar goes through or goes for a lot yes, of times. Yes, yes. They're 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 showing that it, it's just it's a more realistic. They're showing that it's okay to struggle. You shouldn't stop. You should still persevere. Whereas, yeah, I mean, if you think about like the Disney Renaissance, I mean, they're great movies, but there's not a lot of like conflict that they have to overcome. Okay. So let me, let me just mention like, I mean, Simba. Yeah. Simba does come back and save his, his, his people, but it's a lot of it is his journey that he has to go on and he makes a huge growth. But again, he's not saving. I mean, I guess you could make the argument that he's saving the ecosystem. He really doesn't have a lot. He really doesn't have a lot of like conflict in his way. I mean, essentially 
he goes away. It's mental, though. That is the conflict. Yeah, but but he essentially goes away and he's living his life. And he would have never thought to come back until Nala until came, Nala came and, and said, yeah, knocked hey, him out of it. things are bad. You should probably come back. And even then, he's kind of like, oh, I don't know, maybe. But there's not necessarily like a conflict on the way. Like it wasn't like his journey. I mean, his journey is difficult, but I guess it. It's just to a different extent now. They, I, I just think they bring more nuance to these stories now that I think just helps them and I think helps them be relatable and kind of provide better lessons, I yeah. think. I think it's just it's a bigger picture. I guess The Lion King did turn out to be not maybe the best example that I could have picked from the Disney Renaissance, but these ones are less personal and they have a wider reaching effect yeah. than But a like lot of Mulan is a good one where she definitely had obstacles along her way and she persevered and she did it herself and I think that's a good example of you know Mulan could be on this list oh, of yeah, top Mulan. heroes. I didn't even think about Mulan. But, but like again, You're like right. you look at Aladdin, he had the genie to bail him out. I mean, like yeah. there's not there's not a lot of conflict there, and there's not a lot of like stakes. But yeah, Mulan, I think they did a really good job with that. Where sure she had Mushu, but it wasn't like he was magically helping her. I mean, she had to overcome a lot, and she really made a sacrifice because she didn't want her father to essentially just like go to his death because he couldn't fight that yeah. she did this and so she's a really good role yeah, model actually mulan my number one choice now <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll replace i'll replace palpatine with her she could be number four so but but i think and i think that's why a lot of people and you've talked about this i mean you really liked mulan growing up Absolutely. because she, she was, was the of, first role model right i mean mulan was definitely a strong female character that you know, growing up, and I actually I've, I've talked about this with some of my friends too, and they mentioned how they had Mulan on repeat because she just she was somebody that they could look up to, and they they saw themselves in her, and they didn't have to pretend to be a boy. Like she she was just I don't know, she was just selfless, but also trusting of herself at the same time. Yeah, and I think that's where you, it's like the same thing with Moana and Elsa, kind of like the modern versions. I think the groundwork Mulan laid, you kind of now see you know, pay off with Anna, Anna, uh, even Anna too. I mean, Anna, Elsa, Moana, kind of all of these, you know, more modern Anna, Moana. Disney princesses. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think those are, those are kind of our, our power rankings, our, our top picks for, for Disney heroes. So I think good list. We, we shared a couple. I was worried we were going to, have the top three all be the same but we didn't so I, I think was that was good shocked that we actually shared some um but you know you know i did just have this uh, this thought though i think mulan's still a better pick but eggsy could actually be on this list now that disney owns from the Fox, kingsman from the kingsman yeah i, I don't know if I, he, I mean he saved the world a few times i gotta give him that he but does he's basically if you've never seen the kingsman movie he's man. basically james <laughs> bond but i don't know that he's a better hero than say like tony stark I no. don't think he really makes any sort of sacrifices or has a lot of growth per se than some of these other people on the list. But uh, I like where you're coming from. Yeah, He's but, smooth. He's got that James well, Bond ass. You can't really go wrong with that in like a top hero yeah, type thing. Exactly. Saving the world multiple times definitely gets you on the list. <laughs> I will agree with that. So so we'd love to hear your picks, who your favorite Disney heroes are. Definitely let us know over on Facebook. We are Enchanted Ears over there. And if you'd like to support the show, the easiest way is to just subscribe, leave us a rating or a review. You can also check out our Patreon. We will leave that link in the description below. So I want to thank everybody again for listening this week. Thanks for lending us your ears. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you here next Monday. Bye.